Target Friends Show. Welcome to the show. I am so excited you could be here. How are you doing today? I am great. Thanks so much for having me, Ashley. I, I'm just thrilled to have you here because um, you and I first met whenever I was doing a story on uh, boss female bloggers for for GoDaddy. And uh, we've, we've kind of just kept in touch ever since. So uh, for those who don't know, though, can you give me a little bit of background about who you are and, and how you got into blogging? Yeah, sure. Well, I actually used to be a full-time tax accountant. So I had no background in blogging or online business really in any way, although I did have a business degree. And I was climbing the corporate ladder and I had the step-by-step plan. I was ready to do that. And then I met my business partner, Alex, and he was the complete opposite as me. He wanted to earn a passive income online. And I definitely was that person that just pushed all thoughts of that being a possibility away immediately because I'm not a very creative person, I always thought. But I started out helping him on his first website with just images and graphics and things that I thought that he just wasn't very good at. And I was like, you know what? This is actually really fun. And that just kind of launched my passion, I guess, for the online business world. I started just helping him build things um, step by step. And then I learned a lot about Pinterest traffic and what driving traffic and visitors can do for a website and really dove into the analytics and the sales and conversions and all that background stuff. Uh, I guess because with my background as an accounting, I was, I'm more into spreadsheets and stuff like that. And yeah, I think that that is what really spurred my passion for it. And yeah, where I really found um, how I could succeed faster by paying attention to the right data and um, what really made me feel good about working on certain aspects of my business. I mean, that's got to be kind of a, a crazy jump, though, because, you know, like, like you said, you were, you were climbing a ladder. And to me, you've always come off as a very left brain person, very analytical, very, you know, you, you understand numbers and things like that. So how do you approach the, hey, this is a creative idea and we're just going to go for it? Yeah, that's a good question, because that is honestly a tough one for me. Um, it was a good it's been a good partnership with my business partner, Alex, because he is more of the creative side of things. So he has generally been the idea generator and pusher, and I've been the implementer. And I would encourage anybody who's having trouble running things on their own or who just feels like they've hit a plateau to find that other half if you struggle with you know, doing the other side of things, right? I was really good at analytical stuff. And to my credit, I have learned so much about the creative side in my business because there were definitely times at which my business needed me to do something to take this next step. And it was a really creative one. And I tried to, you know, push under the rug. I tried to ignore it. And then it was like, you know what? I got to do this. And, you know, at one point I started a podcast, which has kind of been put on the back burner for the moment. But that was just a, an example of a time that I started a project that I had so much fear and anxiety around. Despite the fact that my website was super successful, I had this huge audience who was begging me to do it, right? I had all these things lined up for it to be a success from day one, but I still had that imposter syndrome. I don't like 
the sound of my voice. I don't like to get on camera, but you, you know, you, you got to do it. You got to put yourself out there um, or you're not going to be able to reap the benefits. And everybody should find the right way to do that for themselves and also the right time. My audience was asking me to do a podcast a lot sooner and I probably should have started it sooner, but I also felt like I did it at the right time that was right for me. And that's important as well. Absolutely. I completely agree. And it's funny you say the thing about um, not liking the sound of your own voice because uh, I've told this story on this podcast before, but I actually started my podcast on um, April 1st, 2020. And I did it on April 1st so that if it sucked, I could say it was a joke <laughs> because I was I was literally so terrified. Like even though I had bought the domain in 2016, I had all these grandiose goals, you know, it was just a matter of like, once you sit down at the microphone or sit down at the WordPress site to start something new, it's terrifying. So, so kind of walk me through the, you know, when you were having all these, like these butterflies, these jitters, these holy craps, what am I doing? How did you navigate that to keep pushing forward and build what you've built? I think that the biggest thing that helped me keep pushing forward through those first bits, for example, I despise the thought of creating any kind of content when we first started it was you know my immediate thought is that I can't write anything so Alex started a lot of the writing in the beginning and then it just got to the point where he had to do more important things for the business and I needed to take on some of that some of those roles and I definitely again had some pushback for sure but I think that what has helped me anytime I've started anything in my business that is been giving me those feelings of hesitation and fear and doubt. I just do the thing because no, I, I procrastinate a bit, but although I'm not the biggest procrastinator, I think because I was an accountant, I'm very much just get stuff done. But once it's out there, getting feedback from your audience and generally having that being good feedback is, has for me been one of the biggest motivators. It, it, I guess in a way it's a validation, right? That what you did was the right thing. And not only that, but people actually like it. So it's definitely scary at the beginning because you don't have that audience yet. You don't have that validation. And it's, I guess, one of those things in the beginning that you kind of have to fake it till you make it, you know, and, and try to drive that confidence knowing that, you know what, other people have done it. it. It's worked for them. I have to just put myself out there, you know? Well, speaking of which, one of the things that drew me to you and why I was so excited to put you in that article that I did for GoDaddy years ago now is that you guys were very transparent about the fact that your first blog actually failed. So can you kind of talk to me a little bit about that, about how, you know, you guys, you put yourselves out there, you failed, but then you stayed on the horse, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not a big surprise that we failed because at the beginning, we really didn't have any idea what we were doing. We started out by Googling, you know, how to make money online. And you obviously get tens of thousands of hits for all kinds of stuff under the sun. And a lot of it is bad advice. And, you know, to be honest, we had a lot of good advice in the beginning. But I always say that it's always about taking the right steps at the right time, because at one point, we were trying to do webinars and product launches and all the stuff. And really, we hadn't even built up a proper audience yet. And that was one of the biggest lessons learned from that failed blog is that a lot of people get started and then their immediate thought is like, okay, how am I going to monetize, right? They they give a little bit of thought to content and traffic, but it's usually like, okay, how am I going to monetize this? And that's an important thought because 
if you can't visualize a plan for how you're going to monetize and you just go in it blind, then you might, you know, not get anywhere either. But also if you focus too heavily on monetization in the beginning and not heavily enough on your audience, then you're not going to go anywhere either. So building an audience to me is always the number one most important step. And that's what we did wrong in the first website. We focused too much on trying to make money. We created these amazing diet programs and they worked. We knew that they did because it was the same strategies Alex had been teaching people in person as a personal trainer. It's what he did before he started uh, the online business. And we didn't have any sales at all. And we learned after scrapping that website and starting a brand new one in the same health and wellness space. And we ended up selling the same exact diet programs and they were a hit from day one. But the difference was that we took the time to build the audience first. And it taught us everything about how we needed to monetize and who we were speaking to. And it made all the difference because while they were the same diet programs, we had to repackage them and uh, we had to advertise them to an audience of women from the ages of 30 to 60 rather than the market that we thought we had in the first website that I guess the market that we chose for ourselves, which was 20 something, 30 something people looking to go to brunch and have drinks and still stay really fit. So it was a completely different audience. And we didn't mean to create that audience with a second website, but the places that we were driving our traffic from meant that we were attracting a certain demographic that we never intended on. So things can change a lot. And you might think that you have this great idea, but your audience could tell you completely differently. And you have to decide as a business owner, do I want to stick to my guns about what I want to do? Or do I want to give people what they're asking for and what they need? And that's what we do, because ultimately, if you're looking for quick success, that's the quicker route to take. And it's funny you say that because quicker success, like, wait a minute, I have to go through all this hardship and all these horrible things. Now, I've I've listened to different podcasts that you guys have been on, both both you and both Alex. And I don't think I've ever heard anybody ask you this, but I'm kind of curious. Do you think if that first blog had done decently that you would have the level of success that you've achieved since then? Or do you think it's better that you failed at the first one? I think that it is better that we failed at the first one because I think that even if we had found success with that first one, I still think it would have taken us longer to really get in the groove of things and really scale that income. It was we learned so much with that first failure. And I mean, the first failure, it it really scared us into publishing another product without building an audience. So we took that step to build the audience. And then we started out with affiliate marketing and other smaller monetization methods until we then felt ready to create another product again or repackage the existing one. So I think that it those steps had to happen to really lead us down that path because we actually doubled our revenues in the first five months of business. Because once we had that traffic, we had the immediate feedback from people. We were testing out five different email funnels with five different lead magnets and five different affiliate products behind them at one point in time. And we had the traffic to be able to see how many conversions are on this lead, you know, this lead magnet versus this one. And we found that while some lead magnets had tons and tons of conversions uh, with email subscribers, the products behind those email funnels weren't selling at all. So, you know, traffic also, it only matters if it's very targeted and targeted towards a successful product as well. So 
it just led us on this path. And I don't think that there's any other way. But I will say that with the success that we found at Create and Go, that was, I think we would have, I think we would have found that either way because that was always the plan, at least in Alex's mind. He always wanted to go into the online business and entrepreneurial space. He had created his first ebook uh, as a personal trainer in college when the rest of us were playing beer pong. And he always knew that he wanted to go into digital marketing in some way. He had been studying digital marketing and paying attention to other creators for way longer than I had. So I think that no matter what, we would have probably navigated into that space, but our journey still would have looked much differently if it hadn't been for those lessons learned in the beginning. I'm so glad you said all of that because I'm I'm going to probably horribly misquote a, an, a, an Oprah quote of fail early and fail often um, because, you know, the, the, it, it's kind of like a say it louder for the people in the back. People are so scared of failing that they never try. And and that was honestly one of the big things that held me back from podcasting for so long is I was so scared that if I got behind the mic that I was just going to fall flat on my face and just be a huge joke. And so I didn't do it forever. And since starting it, I failed so often that it's actually led to some pretty crazy opportunities. And so I kind of want to talk to you about, all right, so you started in the health and wellness space, but what was your journey like over these past, you know, what was it, five, six something years? Uh, of evolving from you were in the health and wellness space. Now you're more in like a, a teaching role because you've since sold your health and wellness blog, which is something some of us aspire to. So kind of talk to me about your journey over the last few years. Yeah, if I've learned one thing, it's that the online business space changes just constantly and it's changing faster and faster. And I think that that's actually probably business in general in the world, but especially online business. So you definitely have to stay in your toes. And at every point where things are going smoothly, it, it's always a short period of time until something happens that, you know, some big algorithm changes and how you're getting your traffic. A lot of people dump a lot of their eggs in paid ads or Pinterest traffic, or lately it seems to be Google SEO. And all it takes is one algorithm change for that to kind of turn people back in their heads again. And TikTok, of course, has changed the, the name of the game. So throughout the past few years, there's definitely been a lot of ups and downs and both professionally and personally, because Alex has also stepped out of the role um, of managing the business quite significantly as well. So it's been a huge change for me to also navigate a lot of this, um, not entirely by myself, but in almost more as the as the sole proprietor kind of role and yeah, it's it's we we had both of the websites and we've also had, you know, big mountains of success and plateaus with both of them and we've had to pivot at times with the health and website, health and wellness website in particular. It just became one of those things that as we found more and more success on Create and Go, it really it was so much more than the health and wellness websites that we just couldn't really afford to spend the time on it as much anymore. And so it became this thing where we weren't as passionate about it and therefore the content wasn't as good. We were hiring out the content writing, which many people do. And we always attributed a lot of our success in the early days to the hands-on content creation that we had. We created every single piece of content ourselves. And that took a long time, but I think that we were successful at it. And once we got the ball rolling, then we were able to outsource. But 
I think that the content really suffered on our health and wellness website. And it kind of became this thing where it didn't feel good for us anymore to keep running this website when we weren't really paying attention to it. And we tried to hire out managers for it. We tried to outsource certain things and ultimately it just wasn't working. So we kind of actually just put it on, what do I call it? Um, kind of like a set and forget mode or... Um, like an autopilot. Yeah, exactly. Like we we chose to put on, on autopilot and pump out some content here and there, but generally just let it run its course and collect residual sales from that. And then, yeah, it worked out that someone on our team was, you know, she had been helping out on the website and she was already in that space. And so she bought the website from us and it it just worked out so well because it for us, it was just kind of a, a marriage of you know, uh, yeah, a, a really good business deal because she still works for us today. And we knew that the website was going to a good home. And it, the biggest thing is that it allowed us to free up the space to focus on create and go, which has also had a, a lot of ups and downs in the last few years. And yeah. I mean, that makes complete sense. Cause I mean, it gets to a point where if you, if you're like spinning all these plates, they're all going to start to fall down and break. And so it, it it makes sense to me that so many entrepreneurs that I have been talking with lately, they're streamlining their businesses because we all are so busy and we do not have the bandwidth to do too much anymore. And, you know, it used to be that you could just put up a bunch of content, schedule it out to all go live and you could, you know, build those those record numbers. But these days it feels like you have to hone in on one community in order to keep being successful. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we live in a world of, you know, content being king. And unfortunately, I think that we are now living in a world where it's less about quality content and it's more about quantity. And I think that people still care as much as they used to, always used to about quality content. It's just that when there's such a quantity of content in your face all the time, you lose those quality pieces right through... um yeah, through the cracks there. And so, you know, you see this on Netflix and um, online course platforms and so many places where there's just so much content. There's not a whole lot of moderation of it. Netflix has been very transparent about how that's been their approach. And they have said that they're going to take a step back and focus more on quality content. But yeah, I think that that's unfortunate. But I've also recently and I've always been against it because I've always been a proponent of creating quality content and trying to have my hand in it. It's one of the reasons that I've not grown as much as I probably should have because I have my hands a bit too much in, into that stuff. But I've recently realized over the past few months that it's really the only way going forward at this point in time where we're at. I do think that Google is going to and YouTube will get smarter and better at realizing that, okay, there is a lot of bad content out there and we don't want this, right? It's still quite easy to just tick these boxes to get stuff to rank. So I hope that we'll get better at focusing back in on quality content. But yeah, I mean, to be successful now, you kind of have to find a balance between quality content and just pumping out content in general on any platform that you're on. It's just important to be seen all the time. That's how you're going to favor get favored in the algorithm. And yeah, it's not a culture that I personally really like. And so I choose not to run my business in a style that is very have I'm not on Instagram really we have an Instagram account but we don't really use it I'm not on TikTok and it's on purpose because it's just not the kind of business owner that I am and I don't enjoy it 
And yeah, but I know some people are very successful with that too. So you got to kind of find what feels right for you as well and find that balance. I definitely hear you. And and I kind of feel like, um, I feel like a great correction is coming. Um, and what I mean by that is I was just reading an article last night on Vice and and they were saying that we're in the era of social media going through almost a flopping stage right now where there is so much junk content and that people are abandoning, um, you know, different social media platforms left and right. And I think that in 2023 and beyond, we're going to really see kind of a step back to the almost the golden era, if you will, of the pre-influencer and the building communities. And I, I think that one of the things that is so awesome about Create and Go is the content you guys put out. You can tell you guys care about what you're posting. And so though there is something to be said for doubling down and, and trying to pump out content, I'm glad that there's still um, so much care that you put into what you are putting online. Because even if you are trying to amp up how many you know articles you're you're posting you really i mean i've seen you do it you 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 have a an eye for what the user is actually going to get benefit from and i i really do think that in 2023 and beyond we're going to start to see a shift that all these people who are just pumping out shit content they're going to they're going to get some pushback and and i'm looking forward to it only in the sense that you know like my my husband and I, one of the things that, that we deal with is we'll be searching for something and we're looking for a specific source, but all these crap websites are showing up in search, not showing us what we're actually looking for. You open the article and it doesn't even answer your question. Yeah, I totally agree. One of the things that I tell my students uh, and that I know that you've probably seen in my content is to always inject your own thoughts and opinions, feelings stories, because that is the only unique identifier that you have. Anyone can regurgitate inter- regurgitate content on the internet, you know, by researching, looking at content and spinning it in their own way. But but adding your actual thoughts and feelings, it takes a little bit more time. And some, many people choose not to do that, but that is what sets your content aside. And that's what people also want to read. They don't want to read solid facts all the time, right? There are cases when when that is important but in general for the average content creator people want to read content that has someone's opinion on it and that is also how you set yourself aside from just being a website and being a person behind that website someone that someone can trust and that is how sales are made so it's definitely really important to the sales process and building an audience of people, not just website views. Otherwise, people visit your website and they will never come back again. But if you share those unique thoughts and feelings and your own perspective, your own opinions, that is what people will see between all the lines of BS and want to keep coming back for more. They want people to tell them straight. You know, they want they want to be told what to do, of course, but they want to be told why and they want to be told, yeah, your your opinion on it. I think they also want like a storytelling aspect. Like I was listening to um, a video by um, YouTuber Jessica Stansberry yesterday, and she said that in 2023 and beyond that she plans on injecting more storytelling into her educational content. And I think that we're going to see a lot more of that because people, I mean, let's be honest, we're all behind our computers. We just went through a pandemic. We're lonely. Like, I mean, that's just the truth. Blogging and, and an online business and podcasting, it's also lonely. And we are craving a level of human connection that crap websites just can't give us. 
<laughs> I mean, that's horrible to say it that way, but it's just the facts. I think that it, I think that storytelling is so compelling because it gives people something to visualize in terms of a clear beginning, middle, and end, right? People can just read an article about how to get more Google traffic. But if you start out this article with how your Google traffic was really bad, and then you used X, Y, and Z strategies, and then you show proof of how you've improved your Google traffic, you know, that storyline, it lets people know that there is an end in sight to what I'm going through, right? There is a, an, a, a result that can be achieved by what I'm reading. I think it's, it helps us to, in our minds, kind of define or make the content more tangible in a way, you know, on top of all of the uh, chances that you have during storytelling to obviously build relationships and make people trust you and all of that aspect as well. I think that those two things combined make storytelling super compelling. And it's one thing that we have used for sure. in a lot of our content, a lot of our marketing materials, it's always been about this story, the story that we're talking about today of how we got started, how I didn't know what I was doing at first. I still feel all these feelings of imposter syndrome all the time. I'm always very honest with my audience about that. A, because I believe in being honest and transparent and honestly and transparent, transparently right now, it's also because it makes sales. And I know that. So, you know, you always want to do it in an honest and transparent way, but it's so, so, so important. Absolutely. Well, in this episode, I mean, we're recording it now in December. And so we're we're kind of wrapping up the, the 2022 year. And this episode's going to come out in January. So I'm kind of curious, in your opinion, even if it wasn't the beginning of the year, um, if someone's just now getting into blogging, in your opinion, now, these days, how can someone set themselves up for success? That's a great question. Well, something that has always worked really well for us, no matter what stage we were at, especially in the beginning, was focusing pretty hard on one route at a time. So for instance, as a blogger or content creator in any way, you have to wear a lot of hats. You have to do the sales and marketing and customer service and content creation and data and, and analytics. You have to do everything. And so a lot of people freeze because they don't know what to start and when. So you know, reminding everyone of what we talked about earlier. I still believe that building an audience is the number one most important thing that you can do. It's more important than monetizing because even if you choose to monetize, it could change entirely. So for sure, starting with building an audience and that starts no matter what with traffic. So deciding what platform you're going to be on. And we've tended to always focus on one or two at a time. I think that has helped us really well. We've definitely tried to do Facebook and Pinterest and Instagram and YouTube and Google SEO all at once. And it just means that you're not going to end up great at any platform. So, and we've definitely had an evolution between platforms. We started out trying a bunch of stuff and nothing was working. And then we found our place on Pinterest. We drove a lot of Pinterest traffic that helped us build an email list quickly. But then from there, we've then focused really hard on one other source at a time. So once we got the hang of Pinterest, we then focused really hard on YouTube and grew a YouTube channel to over 100,000 subscribers. And then we've now, actually, we're now in a period where we're fo focusing a lot more on Google SEO, something that we never really had a whole lot of time for. And I will say that if anyone is writing content, Google SEO is important to focus on from the very beginning. But no matter what you do, you just have to give all of your time and energy into 
becoming the master of whatever you're trying to do. So every single day, paying attention to what other people are doing, how they're doing it, why it's successful, and trying to bring that into your own strategies. And only when you feel like you have a really good grasp on that should you move on to the next bit. And of course, there's a bit of overlap here. If you're driving traffic, you should also focus on building your email list and list building strategies along with that, but just generally trying to keep your eyes on the prize. And that's why focusing in on building an audience, not thinking as much about the money aspect, it frees up your time to focus on that first step, which is really important. It kind of feels to me like you're you're saying slow and steady wins the race for real? <laughs> well, not exactly, but I will say that focusing on long-term gain, gains has always served us really well rather than short-term games. So a lot of people are trying to get rich quick on the internet and do strategies that just don't build lasting customers. So you need to think about sustainability. So not really, but I mean, when I'm talking about, you know, putting your your thoughts into, and I mean, if you have money to hire it out, then that's great. But a lot of people don't. And generally, it's not good to hire things out from the very beginning. But I think that it's just really important to have a really good grasp on any given task you know, this traffic source or building your email list or creating a product, it's important to have that really heavy focus on something so that you can learn it completely inside out because everything is connected in the online online business world. So from driving the traffic to the website, which starts with the traffic, whatever content you're creating, to driving that traffic and learning who those people are, but then creating the lead magnet for your email list that speaks directly to those targeted people. But then ideally, that lead magnet should be connected to the product that you're selling to make sure that it helps you know, convert the product that you're selling. So everything is connected and it, it, there's nothing that you can do but just spend the time to learn everything. But don't try to learn everything at once is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> this is going to sound cheesy, but that's so beautiful. <laughs> so um, I guess to kind of to wrap things up, where would you say people should begin? I mean, I know we're saying that we need to get a firm grasp on who our audience is, but what is the very first step that you would tell someone to take if they want to start an online business with a blog? Well, I would say to think about who your people, who you want your people to be, right? You don't know who they are yet. So think about who you want them to be. Think about the age that they are, what the stage of life that they're going through. Are they married? Are they single? Are they divorced? Are they rich? Are they poor? You know, think about all these things about who you want. And then also think about what kind of content that you want to create and what platform you would share it on. So if you hate being on camera, then YouTube's probably not the best place for you to start. Writing might be a much better place. But then where where you're marketing that content also matters. If you market it on Pinterest, you're going to attract more women in your audience. So you need to kind of Think about who you want to reach, but also think about the kind of content that you feel you would be good at or that you're interested in. Um, you know, right now for us, we're focusing a lot more on Google SEO. So we're taking a step back from YouTube videos and other content like that. So you just have to think, and that just works out better for us personally, both in the goals for the business, but also our desires as business owners and the kind of content that we want to create. So think about that. If you know that you want to do Instagram, and that's great. You need to think about the kind of people that you want to reach and then think about what kind of content that you want to create, what you feel comfortable with creating, that sort of thing. Well, and I know that one of the things that you have on your website um, on Create and Go is uh, you have a free blogging boot camp. And honestly, even if you're not planning on starting a blog, I think it has a lot of really valuable content in there about starting an online business. Because let's be real, 
we all need a blog if we are going to start an online business because it, it helps with the storytelling. It helps with teaching people. It helps people understand what it is that you're selling in the first place. So um, we're definitely going to leave uh, all that in the show notes, the 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 blogging boot camp and the courses because your courses, I mean, they're some of the best that are out there. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. There's so, a lot of heart in them. <laughs> well, um, other than uh, createandgo.com, where else can people find you online? Um. You know, that's really it at the moment, to be honest. Okay. That is our main focus right now. And yeah, create and go. And like you, like you said, the blogging bootcamp is linked on there, um, you know, which will put you on our email list. And we share all kinds of new content and whatnot through our email list as well. But that's the main place to find us right now. That's awesome. Uh, or I YouTube. Have... We still have, we do have a YouTube channel as well. You can find us at create and go on YouTube. Yeah, and there's still some really good content on there. And I, I kind of like that you said, one place that people can find you because i mean i i've had people on the on the show before and, and on uh, shows for clients and they'll rat off like 12 or, or 14 places that people can be found and it's like lord have mercy i'm already lost <laughs> and and then you lead people to just be frozen in place and not know what to do or they're like you know what i'll just worry about it later i think that a lot of people also will mention the main thing at their point in time right so if I was still running my podcast, it would be go find me, go find me on my podcast because that's what I want to. That's the channel that I want to grow right now. So people should always prioritize the thing that they want to grow for sure. But for us right now, we're just creating content, and everything can be found on our website. So it's just keep it keep it stupid simple, right? <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Well, is there anything that I haven't asked you yet that you really want to make sure we say before we conclude? No, I don't think so. But I know that it can be a scary road for people getting started because I felt all of those things. But you just have to have the courage to know that so many other people and probably a lot less qualified people than you are are out there doing it. And you'll never know until you try. I quit my job before I was making even a dime for my website just because to me it just felt right. And I thought I'm going to make this happen no matter what. And I had savings aside, but you know, you just have to find the place you can drive that confidence and just keep attacking it every single day. You will make progress and it's so worth it in the end. Yeah, it may not feel like it at first, but I, I completely agree with you. And one of my favorite bloggers, she wrote a whole book about it. It's called Do It Scared by Ruth Sukup. We'll leave that in the show notes too. Because I mean, the reality is sometimes you have to do it scared. You have to lean into the fear because everything, what was it Will Smith said? Everything that you want is on the other side of fear. So yeah, let's let's just do it scared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, love that. <laughs> well, Lauren, I just want to thank you for being here today. And you gave some really valuable insights and I just really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Ashley. I appreciate it. 